Cincinnati's ready for the Big 12. It's, it was time for them. I am fired up. It's yeah. a blessing to be able to be in this league with y'all, you know, putting on for UC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Go Beer Cats podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. We have a very, very special guest, returning guest of the show. Uh, I would call him a, a friend of mine, a UC basketball legend, current color commentator on 700 WLW for UC basketball, alongside Dan Horde. We have the man himself, Terry Nelson. How's it going, man? Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. And you also add, I got... I'm back to ESPN Plus now, back on TV as well. Back on TV, that is that is good to hear. Uh, I'm sure, uh, is that just for Bearcats basketball games now that we're in the, the Big 12? Yeah, so I got the first 13 games uh, on TV, and I think we'll go with Steve Logan will be my replacement on radio okay. for those 13 games. And then once we start hitting conference, about the first of the year, I'm back with Dan. We're hitting the road, traveling again. The gang is back together. But, yeah, so – I kind of missed the TV side of it because I used to do it with Fox Sports Ohio before ESPN yeah. Plus took over. Um, it's, it's an awesome time. That's uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm you know I'm pretty in tune for everything happening around uh, UC athletics, football, basketball, what have you, and I've not heard that yet. So I don't know. Hopefully, you're uh, maybe, the first in the know now. See, it, I'm in the know. I hope maybe some some listeners or some breaking news for them there. So that's all, right. We're up. Hot off the start here, man. Right off the jump. Well, you know uh, you're gonna you're gonna be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, so, Terry. This is the Go Beer Cats podcast, of course. So, uh, to help with that entertainment, before we get too far into everything, it is time for a beer. So, uh, this, how come you didn't you know shoot some of those beers over to me? I apologize. I, I do have to get better at that. Uh, I'm. It's. In season here uh, from Taft's Brewing, their Frisch's Pumpkin Pie Ale. Oh, my Lord. So I will be drinking that as we talk here this evening. Here's a look at it. Threw it in the uh, the Cincy Light glass. Um, and it is, of course, brought to us by the Delhi Liquor Store. Uh, they have you covered not only with a great beer selection, uh, with new beer drops every day, but everything you need for a good tailgate or party, wine, liquor, beer, cigars, they have you covered no matter what. So, cheers. I'm sorry I didn't give you the heads up. Man, I'm, I'm, I just put an APB out to give me a beer so we can toast. I got so you. I'm well, waiting for that door behind me to pop open with some delivery service. That's where, it, that's where it is. While we're, we're waiting on that, Terry, uh, let, let's kind of jump into it here. We got questions, some that uh, I thought of, some uh, Bearcats fans I opened it up to. I told them you'd, you'd be on. And on our uh, our Discord that we have, they threw out some questions as well. So we got a wide variety of topics to, to jump into Bearcats basketball here. Uh, we are very close to the season getting underway. But, you know, right from the jump here, give me your reaction to the new Jordan uniforms. Come on, man. This has been a long time waiting. You know, we're such a fashion-driven nation. You know, it's, everything comes in trends. Everything. Appreciate it. See, now we can toast, brother. There we go. Uh, I had to go with the traditional middle light. But everything comes around 
in cycles. And the fact that we have Jordan Brand back, the material, you know, I, Adidas was good. Under Armour, you got a lot of gear. Shoes were a little different, though. You know, they kind of hurt your feet, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I need something. I don't want to be the guy that's walking around with those five-inch soles that, that you, you kind of walk in gingerly because you kind of need them, but I kind of I kind of need them, you know. So, but, you know, Nike has been top quality for from whenever, you know, since the beginning. And, uh, and then the Jordan brand, the, the styles, the colors. I mean, it's funny. When guys are not wearing the team-issued shoes, mm-hmm. they're wearing Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> they're wearing Jordans, you know. And today's society, my sons, my daughters, they're talking, my son, my daughters, I mean, they're talking about the Jordan 9, the Jordan 12, the Jordan. I don't know none of that. All I know is that when I get a swag bag full of Jordan, I'll be happy. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love them. Uh, you know, I, uh, I think, I mean, it was, I thought it was such an easy slam dunk if you will, for, for them yeah. to go back to, you know, the, the blocks down the side and everything. Uh, you know, the, the cut of the sleeve is a little bit different, a little more updated to today's time. You know, I can respect that. But uh, I did used to love that that longer, thicker cutoff sleeve back in the day as well. But uh, I have no complaints for the New Jersey. thought they did great. Uh, I'm anxious to see the – what other uh, – they released, like, the black ones, right? So, like, what are the white ones going to look like? Will there be a, a red one or what alternatives? Definitely looking forward are to Are you going to see – a ton of different variations, which okay. is going to be exciting because anytime you have a new brand, you want to get as many jerseys in the hands of the consumers that you can because the average person who bought one jersey will buy five if you had five of them. Yeah. And so, I mean, think about it. You'll have a retro day. You may have a pink day. Um, you know, you, you, you whatever day you're going to have, especially going into the Big 12, we'll just create stuff to keep people coming and making them enthusiastic about who we're about to play. So you'll see different jerseys. I mean, you'll see the average fans walking around with, you know, you're going to have on your wall six or seven different jerseys, probably from this year, which would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Put one on that skeleton. Yeah, I know, right? My my wife let me. I, I took that downstairs. She's like, "What are you doing with that? Our, our Halloween decorations?" I was like, "I'm gonna put it in the background tonight." She's like, "You better bring that back upstairs." So, yeah, I uh, I only have the uh the the white uh Lenny Stokes jersey number thirteen uh in the Jordan brand. That's the the only Bearcats jersey I really have. So I'm looking forward to adding some more basketball ones to the collection as uh you know we got those the new ones coming out there. Uh, beyond that, this is year three for Wes Miller. Uh, it, it has been a, a minute since the Bearcats have, have been to the, the big dance in March. We are in a new conference. We're kind of seeing how that's um, you know shaking out on the football field, although way different circumstances. But uh, you know, with the the news of uh, Aziz Bandango and uh, Jamil Reynolds being denied their waiver, and we're in the process of trying to get that fixed. Uh, I think Coach Miller's talked about that at Big 12 Media Days. He talked about that at his uh, press conference, I think maybe even earlier today. Right. Uh, is there anything that you have heard as far as what the strategy is going forward with those two or with the team maybe n- now n- maybe not being able to get those guys back? Or, the NCAA or- laid out the strategy, and we followed the strategy to a T. And mm-hmm. they said no. So the, 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 the hypocrisy of it all is – for you to say, okay, for double transfers, you know, you got to go through mental health training. You got to go through 
a series of steps and to the letter the Bearcats took off their own website the series of steps that you must take, follow them to the T. Bob Mangine wrote the letter of recommendation. The NCAA adopted a, a medical board now that they have submitted it doctor to a panel of doctors. Look at this information. This is real life situation. It's just not like we're just putting together something. Um, this is real mental health issues. They went and got training. They're continuing to get training. We did all this stuff, and the NCAA comes back. A panel of doctors saying no, which is if they didn't, if those panel of doctors didn't have the backing of the NCAA, they would have said yes because they didn't want to get sued. But having a backing of the NCAA, the NCAA doesn't really care. They have tons of lawsuits pending mm-hmm. uh, as as they. So what they do is they just keep prolonging it because they're trying to discourage double transfers. And so if you can get um, the appeal that's going on right now, if they say we'll take a look at it in six months or whatever, then you should be able to sue and get an injunction to say these guys are going to be eligible until the hearing is set so we can hear it. Because the NCAA, they sit in their office, they smoke cigars, they sit around a table with brandy, and they talk about how they can exert power that they are losing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, to hemorrhaging the, for sure. Yeah, they are. They're losing that power. And so for them to just not – a coach can take two different jobs in the span of five years and not be penalized for it. The school that he left is not penalized. The school he's going to is not penalized. But if a player in five years transfers twice, he's penalized. So, yes, the player can now get NIL money. Yes, the player gets a one-time transfer waiver. But if that coach leaves, then the player should be able to leave. You should open the door up and say, mm-hmm. okay. And that will eliminate some of the, the coaches leaving because you're still saying players, you're, yes, your coach left. There's uh, circumstances coming in. Nobody knows the guy that's coming in. He wants his own people. You know, He wants to recruit, especially now that you can go to the portal and pick your own team. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if I have an opportunity to leave and go somewhere else that's a better situation for me, what's holding it back? It's my education. Yeah. So, you know, that's definitely something we'll, we'll keep an eye on. I know a lot of Bearcats fans are definitely in tune and, and trying to monitor that as the season is getting ready to start here. And hopefully that is resolved uh, sooner than later. Uh, before we jump into like the returning players the new faces and everything we we do have a, a small shake up on the uh, the coaching staff where uh Chris Lapore friend of the show uh decided to, to leave coaching and, and moved on and I think he's in, in a good situation and everything uh but then coach Miller brought in a guy who has five seasons of experience as a head coach uh Josh uh, Leffler I'm gonna say if that's how you pronounce his last name he was previously the head coach at Johns Hopkins he was 114 and 27 there so it sounds like he knows what he's doing a little bit uh have you interacted with with, uh, with Josh and what uh how he or what he brings to the coaching staff now uh he's a bundle of energy okay. he's a guy that can run a good practice you know when you got uh you know you got Andre Morgan who is very good at communicating with the players. Like they all have their strengths, the coaching mm-hmm. staff. And Andre Morgan is a guy that he talks real to the players. He doesn't, you know, sugarcoat, sugarcoat the language that he's talking when he's trying to explain something to guys. And then you look at Chad Dollar. Chad is steady. 
Chad is like your your uncle. You can come to him all the time. He may yell at you every once in a while. He may bark at you, but he is as solid as they come. Josh is a little different. Josh reminds me of John Lawyer when I played. You know, he's the guy that's going to run your practice, get guys in their spots, um, do the majority of your scout, get stuff where it needs to be. Um, having the, the the scout team and the second unit really pulls a formidable challenge against your first team. You want your practice to be wars, so the games are easy. And one of the things that he brings as a successful college coach is strategy. You know, you just don't want – I know a lot of times when, when you're uh, scrimmaging each other, like I just left practice today and they were scrimmaging, when you're scrimmaging each other, you want to see a tightly contested scrimmage. You don't want to see one blow away from the other. You want to see tightly contested. At the same time, you want to make sure that the guys that you haven't been personally um, looking at all the time and, and coaching all the time, that they're ready. And all your staff, especially with Josh, Josh is a guy that he gets those guys ready, gets them in the positions where they need to be. So when they're called upon, this is a deep team. So when they're called upon, they're ready to go in. You, you know, you bring up the deep team. You you being at practice just just this evening uh, from where when we're recording this, uh, and it is sort of the. Um, just kind of par for the course now where there's a lot of turnover in college basketball, uh, you know, with four or five, six guys coming in new every year with, you know, between the freshman recruits and, and working the transfer portal. It's, it's another, you see know, is no example there. We have Dan Skillings, uh, big Vic Lock and Josh Reed, John Newman, the third ODO and Sage Tolentino back as the sort of familiar faces that we might know. But then there's, of course, a handful of new players. Uh, if we start out with the, the transfers first, uh, we're talking uh, Day Day Thomas, uh, CJ Frederick, uh, Seamus Lukosius. What uh, what did you see even in tonight's practice, or uh, what have you heard from the offseason so far about those three newcomers that we know for sure will be playing? Well, that's going to make up your backcourt. So we've moved Seamus a lot to the point guard, so he's been practicing a lot with point guard. So I want you to think about this. Day-Day Thomas has blow-by speed. He'll okay. get the rebound, and he'll beat everybody down the floor and, and lay up. And if you're, you're not looking, he will dunk on your head. I mean, he's explosive. <laughs> he has herky-jerky movements with the basketball. He'll go at you full speed, get you backing up on skates, pull back dribble, behind the back, shoot it, fade away like he did that today in the scrimmage. I'm looking at Dan Hoard, who's next to me doing notes. I'm like, you see that? Like, it's been a while since we had guards that can that can not just do step back moves and you know loosen you up like David and Julius do, but actually dunk to you, go down in the hole, you know, draw contact. And then when you look at um, Jizzle James, Jizzle uses his body a lot. Like he's gonna go to the free throw line a heck of a lot because he likes to get into you, bang those shoulders of his. He's lost, you know, ten pounds. He was heavier coming out of high school. And you imagine him in high school when you watch him play, man, he's got a mature game. He's the coach is trying to get him more away from the mid range and get him more in the three point line. But he is, he's so comfortable in the paint and how he attacks the rim. He makes the guards. He'll be coming baseline and he'll put up in the air and the bigs will be waiting to swat it. And he'll scoop it underneath their arms. It'll have some funky spin, hit the backboard and go in like a Kyrie Irving type deal. And he's, he's very, very good at that. So he gets to the hole a lot. He'll get to the free throw line a lot. So both of those guys attack the basket. CMOS is 
different because I call him Baby Luca. Okay. He is, you can't speed him up. <laughs> he's, he plays at his own pace, but he is just, he's so heady and head smart. He knows how to use shot fakes and angles. He's not a guy that's going to dunk on you. He won't wow you with his explosiveness. He will wow you with the fact that he's already two moves ahead of you by the time he has the ball in his hand. It's like he's playing chess and you're playing checkers. So how he attacks the basket with his floater, and then sometimes those floaters are lob passes for the, you know, Aziz and all the other bigs down there dunking the basketball. You know, how he shoots the three, how he uses suspend dribbles to make you think he's going to pull up for a jump shot, and all of a sudden you close out on him, and all of a sudden he quick dribbles and, and goes past you, makes you commit, and he dumps it to a kickout shooter. Like, it's just they have three different styles. But for the first time in a long time, the three-headed monster at the guard position is solidified. Some kind of uh, you know question like the experience uh, of the guards, day day coming from from JUCO, uh, Jizzle, uh, uh, incoming freshman, and then maybe you know if if we're using uh, Lukosius, you know maybe not doesn't have like that elite speed, although can can play the point forward. Is that is that are we thin at that position this year? Is that is that is that something that you think they're going to be able to handle and go, starting in, in Big Twelve play? It seems we like were. you, yeah. you got to have elite guards at uh, at, at this level. Well, that's the reason they start putting Seamoss at one. You got to start, okay. you got to bring the other one in because the Big 12 is a different animal. And, you know, you got two guards, one's a Juco, one's a high school guy. It's, it's all new to them. Mm-hmm. And Seamoss is the only proven one, you know, uh, average 10 and 6 at Butler last year. So he's very proven. But you want different looks because when they play together, when Jizzle and, and Day Day play together, they're dynamic. They feed off each other very well. And they, they attack. They remind you of the Houston guards, um, you know, how they're aggressive defensively and they shoot the passing lanes. They try to get steals. So there's going to be times where you may even see all three of them on the court at once. Very few times because you got to have one point guard coming in to sub in. But you'll see at least two of those guys on the floor because they create so well for each other. And you've been seeing it going over there. But, I mean, CMOS is just different. I mean, they just – to watch those guys play, knowing that we were thin, and that was a major concern coming into camp. Like, if we get in foul trouble, we're in trouble because we don't have a, uh, you know, another third guard. Mm-hmm. But then you saw the creativity and ball handling of CMOS. He's like, wait a minute, he can handle some point forward. So as he started putting them in there, there was no drop-off. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he gets guys where they need to be. Very nice. One uh, one guy that I'm I'm kind of uh, curious to hear your your thoughts on is John Newman the third, who who set out uh, last year with with an inter, or with an injury. Uh, before that, he seemed to be the uh, the number one or the go to defensive player to, to lock up the the other team's best guy. Uh, what kind of offseason has he had? Uh, has he been getting like full minutes at practice or are they limiting that in any way as precautions? And, uh, you know, can we see that, uh, that, that those like intense, crazy eyes ready to, to lock up whoever comes his way? <laughs> yeah. So he's been getting full minutes in practice when it comes to conditioning and at the end of practice running sprints and stuff, you know, he may do bicycle. He may do something to save his legs a little bit. But he reminds me of the dog that you have to put away when company comes over because it's not the dog you play with. 
Okay. <laughs> you can okay. put that dog away because he's going straight to bite something, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot of times Wes has to save him from himself because he only plays one way. Balls out hard, and he's going. When he goes after the rebound, he slings elbows. He grabs it out of guys' hands, rips it like today. He grabs the ball goes up. It's on the rim. You had two bigs going for it. He jumps baseline, snatches the ball away. He's swinging elbows. Didn't hit anybody, thank God. But he takes a dribble back out, kicks it out, relocates to the three-point line. They give it right back to him. He knocks down a three. And then he's picking up full court. Like he, like he plays. If he knows in the West Miller system that you're going to play three minutes at a time and come out mm-hmm. before somebody else, he knows at the end of those three minutes, he's going to be exhausted because he's going to give you everything. And that's how West wants. He wants every player, no matter if you're in for a minute at a time, three minutes at a time, or you play an entire media timeout, which is rare. He wants you giving it balls out so that the next person who comes in benefits from you and the work that you did, tiring out the person that you were playing against. He wants a guy that's going to pick you up full court, play tough, box out strong, run uh, to the three-point line, get to your spot. When you attack downhill, go downhill, make it work for everybody else, create mismatches. Like He wants you cerebral, but he wants you doing it at a full speed clip. He doesn't like jogging. He doesn't like mm-hmm. – you'll see more and more this year. I think when Mick Cronin's best teams he had, when they had Gary Clark, they won – uh, 30 games, 31 games. They, I think they averaged 76 points per game, which was the most of the Mick Cronin era. Uh, this team could very well uh, average in the about, about 80 points per game. And they're going to have to. They're going to have to play fast. Mm-hmm. Every time the ball goes in the basket, every time they get a, a missed shot, everybody is yelling, go, go, like speed, speed. They want to play like the old Loyola Marymount. Back in the in the '90s, with Hank Gathers and you know Bo Kimball, where when that ball comes out, it is like goat like Phoenix with with Nash. Seven seconds, they want to shot up. If they can get a good look and beat you down before you can set your zone up, that's how they want to play. Do you think that is that um, is that a a Miller like calling card? Is that something that we're seeing because you know the roster is pretty much full of of his like his guys or his recruits now outside of Vic? But I think we can all agree that that Vic Lock Vic Lockins a, a pretty damn good basketball player so far. Uh, is is that something that we're seeing because of of the roster full of Miller guys now, or are there other things that we might see because of that this year as well? Very good question. Uh, yes, it is a roster full of his own guys, but that's how he wants to play. Like he wants to, if you're, if you're selling a guy, when you walk in that gym and you are, you know, a recruit and you look down and you see like, damn, we are deep. And you're asking yourself, how am I going to get in the game when we're literally 11, 12 deep? Well, you're going to get in the games because they're going to pick up full court. They're going to play fast. They're going to constantly come at you in waves. They're going to put pressure on you. Some people are going to get in foul trouble. That you got to jump right in. Um, hopefully, you're just tired when you come out. But because of the aggression that they're playing with, you're going to be in foul trouble. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to have some, you're going to get some ticky tack fouls. There's some new rule changes that's going to create a lot more fouls uh, with the block charge, which I'll get get into after we talk about this. But the, the freedom that he gives those guys of going out there and shooting and running the floor and mastering what they do in the positions. Like when he tells you to rim run, run down and seal. And if you get that ball down there, he's saying go to work. 
just go to work now. If they double team you, find the shooters, get backside, rebound. But he is telling everybody to be the specialist at what they do, be the best at what you do. You you bring up the the rules changes, the the block charge type of thing. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone better to ask than than yourself <laughs> about those yeah. about those rule changes. So, give, what do you what's your your thoughts there? How do you think it affects this team or college basketball in general? You're going to see more frustrated fans that don't understand because they're not going to explain it to you. Yeah. But this year, the block charge is more in favor of the block. So when guys are stepping outside that lane, even though they're outside that lane, if the driver's foot has left the ground, if that pivot foot, Mm -hmm. once the pivot foot leaves the ground and you slide over, automatic block. You could be outside the circle. Automatic block. So now if the leg, if the pivot foot's still on the ground and he runs you over like that, that, that could be a charge. But it's and, gonna. So is it? So you're you're planted and like you're throwing a shoulder into them. That's that's what they're looking for for a charge. But well, if you're jumping yeah. like up for a layup, you're two feet in the air. That's more than yeah. that's supposed to be a block this year. They're eliminating the injuries. They're trying to eliminate the injuries. So they're, they're going to legislate the block out of the game around the rim. You know, you dumping the shoulder when you're dribbling the basketball. That's different. You know, they're going to call that. But as you're attacking the basket and you got that weak side defender slides in to help, mm-hmm. it's going to be automatic block. I mean, we saw today in the scrimmage today, you thought guys were there. They were in perfect position. Block. And you have to explain it to them, and then you have to, you know, tell the guys. And so the guys are like, okay. So you tell them early enough so they can make the mental adjustment because if they don't know, they're going to be uh, swayed by the emotions of the fans. The fans are going to mm-hmm. be getting on the ref. Ref, you suck. Ref, you know, and they think it's the whole nine because they the guy looks like he was there. But they're trying to make sure that when guys go up to dunk or guys go up for a layup and some weak side defender slides over there and you cartwheel over the guy and break your wrist or something, and they're saying no because some of our star players got hurt last year. Some of the NBA players got hurt on that, and they're just mm-hmm. trying to get rid of it altogether to make the game more wide open to attack the basket, to make scoring go up and make it more appeasing to fans. I, I cannot wait until the, uh, the fan reaction on, on Twitter and, and other social media to those calls. I'm, I think we'll have some, some priceless reactions there as well as the, the fans in, in the stadium, as you said here, uh, tell me, uh, as we're getting into like the, the schedule, you know, we're, we're looking down uh you know we're, we're at xavier this year we have uh the dayton game downtown uh maybe the only other one you might be looking forward to is georgia tech because i say that because it, it seems like the the non-con schedule is pretty light this year uh and coach miller is kind of he's talked to talked to that as on several occasions about his strategy with that with moving into the best basketball conference in college basketball yeah, <laughs> do, you, do you think this is, is the right strategy? Do you think there's yeah. enough tests early? or, or Well, why, don't, why, don't uh, underestimate Detroit Mercy is a good team. Um, they don't have the son. You don't have Antoine Davis there who led the nation in scoring last year. He graduated. Yeah. Northern Kentucky beat us last year. Oh, God. <laughs> so the matchup zone. So that's a, mm. that's a game that's circled on there. Damon Stoudemire being a new coach at Georgia Tech. You know, an yep. ACC school, 
So, and then we play at Howard. Like, when's the last time that you saw a UC team go on the road to an HBCU school and play on their gym, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C., actually? You know, so it's like, okay, I'll take this schedule to get us ready. Uh, Brian's a good program. You know, Dayton. Dayton's a good program. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Marymount College, these are wins that you're going to try to, you know, go after in Stetson and Evansville to try to pad your wins. You got to get enough wins because it's the Big 12 is a gauntlet. You got to win your home games. You know, the first time that we go to Kansas, I mean, we play Kansas, it's in Kansas. We only play them once this year. They're saying, no, no, come play the champs. Come to our gym. You know, so they're saying all the big schools. So we have one of those schedules where, I used to wonder about West Virginia. I'm like, man, Hugs, you didn't schedule anybody other than the ESPN <laughs> mandated, you know, Big 12, Big 10, and ACC challenge games. It's like, man, you're playing these guys. and Or, you know, when, you know, back in when, you know, several years ago when Cronin used to play, you know, it'd be 15 and 0, 15 and 1 going into conference play before. I'm like, man, you're not, they're, mm-hmm. not, they're not planning about it. Well, you kind of understand the strategy behind it because you can have the toughest schedule in the country and give the fans what they want and then be fired in two years because you don't get enough, <laughs> enough wins. So no, they're going to have plenty of big games. You want to, especially with a bunch of new players, mm-hmm. you want to have enough games where you can put them in, let them run against. I mean, cause the teams that they're playing, you may not have heard the names of these teams, but they're tops in their conference. He won't play a team. That's the last place team in a conference. Cause you get nothing out of it. You might as well yeah. just scrimmage yourself. So, it may be a MIAC school, but that team is predicted to win the MIAC. You know, you look at uh, Northern Kentucky. They're they're chosen as preseason favorites to win the conference this year, as they were preseason favorites to co-win it last year. So Georgia Tech is going to be an up-and-coming team. With the NIL, with with being able to, to go to the portal and grab talent, you can now go from last place in the conference to being first place. Look at Miami football. I mean, good God, nobody thought they would go in there and they got one loss on the season right now. Well, they loaded up. They got new team and no talent in there, and they're getting it done. A guy that's shown flashes last year as a freshman of getting it done, I think Dan Skillings is yes. who I'm talking about here. He, as far as fans go, I think he might have the highest expectations to take that leap his, his sophomore year. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, – Unofficial numbers coming out th- from yes. the uh, super secret scrimmage with Maryland, where I think he had 12 or 14 points. Uh, but he hasn't really played ba- organized basketball that long, uh, you know, as, as much as you would think a, a, D- a major D1 player would. Is uh, What are some realistic expectations for that jump for Dan Skillings? Because I feel as though fans' expectations right now are really high f- for Dan. He's a bucket getter. And so he, he had five threes today in the scrimmage. So he can he can shoot the three is getting better, but his ability to create in the paint, he is a tremendous. He reminds me when I say this, you know, it, it, you don't want to overtake what I'm saying, but Kobe Bryant was the best. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan were the best baseline players I've ever seen. They can tiptoe on the baseline. They can beat a guy around the baseline. They can do all kind of stuff with angles and and layups and tricks and like that. Dan Skillings is a tremendous baseline player. And if you don't box him out, he's coming over there and he's tip dunking on you. He can grab an offensive rebound. He's got a floater now. He's trying to finish around the basket. He gets out on the fast break. 
and he wants the ball in the fast break because he has the ability to maneuver going full speed around the guy who is now that you get the new charge rule, he got the mm-hmm. ability to catch that ball and attack the basket, getting and ones and finishing. He is just, he's a dynamic player. Now, as the game continues to slow down for him, because it looks like he has taken a big leap from freshman to sophomore, because the coach is telling him, you got to be aggressive. Like you're one of the ones you got to be, you know, we, you got to be aggressive. We got two guys that so far, has gotten the green light. I don't know if you want to know who. Of course. I bet, you, I bet you couldn't you couldn't guess in 20 years who's got the green light. I mean, I'm going to say we're talking about Dan, so he's one. Nope. No? The two guys that has the green light. Ah, oh, man. Every time they touch it, if they're open, they better shoot it. C.J. Frederick. C.J. Frederick is one. Yeah, he, he's he has the numbers to back that up. Uh, so the other guy must be must be way out there. Is it is it Vic? CJ Anthony. CJ Anthony. Not did not guess that at all. Yeah. So he had the biggest leap. So they 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 chart every shot mm-hmm. from end of school year when they're in their shooting drills when they're doing it all. They get you know they got ten managers and they chart every shot every shot you've taken. CJ over the course of last at the end of last year when they started training to now has shot over 50% from three. So Wes Miller said, every time you touch the basketball, if you're open, let it fly. He trusts them. And he has been knocking it down. And he has turned himself into a baller. You know, he was a walk on. Mm-hmm. He had an opportunity to go to Cleveland state on scholarship chose. He said, no, I want to play big time basketball. I'll just wait my turn and get better. And he has worked himself into like, coach, you can put me in now. I'm not a liability. He is an absolute knockdown shooter. And CJ Frederick, you know, you you know, you leave, he's a zone buster. You know, you leave mm-hmm. him open, it is it's flying and it's going in. So and CJ has a different, he has a pretty shot because it's a hierarchy shot, which is a great it's great for rebounders. When you got tall guys that can jump like Odia Guama and Aziz and all those guys that are mm-hmm. two-hand rebounders, when you have a high arc on your shot, when it when it hits the rim. And it doesn't go in. It's bouncing up in the air, which now gives your offensive rebound guys a chance to push defenders out of the way, snatch the ball, or or back tip it out for another three point shot. Very, very well. That's that's good to hear, man. I w- always take more shooters, right? <laughs> always take more shooters. Uh, the Big Twelve media days uh, just happened very recently. Here, the Bearcats were picked eleven out of out of fourteen teams, only ahead of uh, Oklahoma, BYU, and UCF. Uh, Seems like the football uh, media days predictions have, have been pretty spot on here. Is, is eleven out of fourteen? Is that the ceiling for this team? It seems no, like it's a it, without the two bigs, that's that's about that's about right. Yeah, okay. but but the Big Twelve this year will get about 10, 11 teams in the tournament. So so if long as you're in that discussion of because you can be you know seven wins in the Big Twelve, you know and be below 500, you're going to get in. Happened to West mm-hmm. Virginia several times. So you're going to get into the tournament because it's the best tournament with the most talent. It's the best conference with the most talent in, in the country. So they're not going to just, you know, put eight teams in there because they're trying to get the other teams in. No, it's going to be a lot of teams that are one-bid conference teams. Like if, you know, you always see it in the MEAC and all these others. If guys win the regular season and then they lose in the tournament and they don't get in. They're 25 and 6. They're in the NIT. Well, Sorry to say, but 
people want to see these teams. You shouldn't be penalized because you're playing in the gauntlet of a conference. Mm-hmm. Now, with Aziz and with uh, Jamel Reynolds, they're gonna they're gonna finish higher than that. But they're going to have to go through it. They're going to have to play against some of these bigs. Every school has what we have mm-hmm. and more because, they, you know, they've been through it. You know, they, they've, they've been tested. They've been through the, the gauntlet. They know what to expect in the Big 12. Every team has bigs that can block shots and dunk, post, rim run. Every team has got guards that can shoot threes, and they're big and strong, and they can get to the hole. Every team has great coaches. You know, some Hall of Fame coaches, some will be in the Hall of Fame coaches, up and coming coaches, you know, NBA talent on these rosters. Every team, every team is going to be a big game. There's not going to be the last place team in the conference. Well, I don't know what BYU has yet. I haven't done the scout on them yet. Um, but as I'm going through my scout, I'm looking, I'm like, good gosh, yes, this guy tall, man, he's six, seven guards, six, five guards, you know, seven feet, six, 11, you know, so it's like, okay. Everybody has their weapons, but it's just about what you do with what you have. And that's why we've been seeing a Jack B. Nimble. I told Wes Miller this yesterday. He was really hot and bothered. He fired up yesterday with his team's effort. And so I, 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 he said, that wasn't an act. I said, that's what we call the Jack B. Nimble experience. And the coach is kind of looking at me. I said, you got a lot of fire under their ass every once in a while to get them going. And so he was like, "Oh, I like that." <laughs> it's the Jack B. Nimble, baby. Well, you got to you got you got to get your team ready. So not only do you got to make them go hard, you know, make them focus and all that stuff, you got to get them mentally prepared to take a tongue lashing and stay focused. Because you realize it ain't personal. But it is personal. It's not personal to the fact that, you know, I'm not calling you out because I don't like you. I'm calling you out because I depend on you. Mhm. So if I don't, if I'm not depending on you, I'm not going to say nothing to you because you're not going to play anyway. So I'll just take you out and put a manager in, let the keep the practice going or something. But if I'm, if you're, we're 12 deep, and at some point in the season I may need you, injuries, foul trouble, uh, you know, whatever it is, matchup scheme. If I'm gonna need you, then I'm gonna need you to be mentally tough to go into Kansas, to go into you know Stillwater, Oklahoma, to go into all these places that. You know, the fans, we don't – you'll never go into a Big 12 gym and it's not sold out. You go to East Carolina, come on, yeah. man. South Florida, <laughs> we had more UC fans at South Florida than South Florida had fans. You know, probably Central, more Probably more people on the team playing. Central Florida, we had the student section was live. But that's going to change going into the Big 12 now that, you know. So you're going to – every gym that you go into is going to be sold out. It's going to be, you know – Fans calling you everything except the name on your birth certificate. You got to be mentally tough to go in there, and and you know it's like a COVID operation. You got to go in there, handle your business, get up out of there. Absolutely, Terry. I got a. I just got a, a couple more questions here for you, uh, and I, I certainly appreciate the time here. Uh, I know I've. I thought I, I knew a lot about the basketball team. I'm learning things here left and right, so I know listeners are going to love this. So good. Uh, I got just three three quick ones here, really. Uh, these come from uh, from Captain Cincy. I don't know if you've seen his work on uh, social media, but he is the uh, 
the guy who does the you see a, a stealing their opponent's logos. So if you ever seen, uh, you know, a Bearcats logo that doesn't quite look right because it looks like uh, Oklahoma or you know, Memphis or, or you know whoever, uh, he's the guy that that uh, draws those up and he, now part of the uh, the Cascaller Social Club that that we're involved in here. So uh, from him, can you give us one word to describe Coach Miller? Mm, one word to describe intense love it intense. love it what arena will you not miss from the american athletic conference east carolina why east carolina because it's it's hard to get there you just can't fly straight into east carolina you got to fly and then drive an hour on the bus you know to get to the gym nobody's there every time we play there it's cold it's dank you know and it's like it was great for Wes Miller the last year because, you know, he had a hundred people come from North Carolina to, yeah. to, to watch him play, but it doesn't have much to do in the town. You know, when we get there, Dan, whether it be Dan or Mo, whoever is part of the radio crew, we like to get out hit a barbecue joint or a Mexican restaurant, have some beers, or we just sit at the hotel. It's just nothing to do there. It's a college town. There's nothing to do there, you know, unless you're in college. So, so flip it on you here. Same question, or not same question, but but the the flip side of it. What arena are you looking to looking forward to the most in the Big Twelve that isn't Fog Allen Fieldhouse? Mm. Which, well, I can't wait to get to some of the Texas. You know, we played six Texas schools this year, and so we're gonna have a, a, a stay over at TCU and at Houston. So the 24th of February, we'll play TCU, which, you know, we practiced there several times last year going into the tournament. At Oklahoma will be uh, fun. Uh, at Texas Tech, at West Virginia, at Baylor, any of those that you've never been to, like you want to see the heritage, yeah. how their gym looks, uh, what alumni do they have coming to the games how they treat their people, what do they do for half times, what do they do for entertainment purposes throughout the game. Because I know that at UC, we got a great product that we put on the floor, but our in-game entertainment is off the chain. You know, the dogs, mm -hmm. the people, the lady on the unicycle balancing yeah. cups and all that. Like we got I, I love the uh, the jump ropers, the fire. Yeah, the man, fire yeah, 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 yeah. So we got a lot of in-game entertainment. And we put on a hell of a show at, at UC. So I want to see what it's like. Because when we went on, the, when we were in the um, the AAC, we were hands down the best entertainment value that, that came there. You know, Memphis had the music and all that stuff, but mm -hmm. our entertainment value, off the chain. Um, our, our dance team and, and cheerleaders are, are prettier and they're better. And, you know, they, they're national champions as well. Yeah. So going into these places, seeing how they do it. And they want to watch us because think about it. Our, our dance team and cheerleaders are national champions. Cheerleading won it again last year. Uh, dance team was always in that discussion. I think they were like six-time champion. The teams that used to see them, the dance teams, the cheerleaders, they used to see them, they want to know what's up. They want to show us when they go down there about little things like that. Now, me being radio and, and some TV now, I want to see what they do to put on a show because everybody's going to welcome us not the kind of welcome you kind of would expect <laughs> when you let guests into your house. It's like, hey, hey, sit over here on this couch with with uh, with no cushion. You know, that kind of welcome they're going to give us. But it's going to be fun to see. 
Very nice. Love it. I, I'm, I'm excited for that as well. Two more quick ones here. Uh, fans notice when basketball alums show up to football games. Uh, I, the Oklahoma game this year stands out, it being the first Big 12 uh, football game. It seemed like everyone was there, yourself. Uh, I saw Steve Logan. I think Corey Blunt was there. Uh, right. Just, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, is that coordinated in a, in a group chat or something, or is it just ha- so happens that all you guys show up to, on the same day? Well, whenever we have home games, the team practices in the morning, the basketball team practices first, and they always bring recruits in. And so Wes was like, hey, man, we're going to be a practice, you know, see if some of the guys can come. So we'll text in our text chain, hey, come to the gym, watch this. we got a recruit in there, come talk to them, then we'll take tailgate afterwards. But we always want to go. We tell the guys, look, man, don't sit at home. If you're a former player, get out, show your face, be known, uh, you know, make your presence felt. You know, just you showing up somewhere. I don't pay for drinks. I, I may pay for one beer when I get to the – everybody's, you know, they're, they're, they're paying for drinks for you. Um, they want to have a conversation with you. They want to be next to you. They want to sure. – so pay it forward and go out and do something for somebody else. Your presence alone as a former athlete showing up to those football games um, is something that people want to see because, you know, we stand up in the same little area. People come by. They want to take the new autograph is the selfie. Yeah, so they want to take sure. the selfie with you and, and post it. So that just lets people know that you were there, you represented. But for basketball, you want that same thing. You want those guys walking around, sitting behind the the the, the bench, uh, signing autographs. You know, we got a bunch of different things that we're putting together. Wes really wants to reestablish the men's basketball alumni, he wants former players involved. And so we have a small committee of different eras of people that we have a Zoom call once a month, try to get, you know, some ideas. And I've been calling some other schools to see what they do with their alumni and try to figure out some ideas of how we're going to re-engage our guys because Wes says we can't build a program without the people that have the bricks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. If some of them want to get some screen time here on the podcast uh, and be involved that way, certainly send them over for uh, for this basketball season. We'd love to have more on. We've had a handful of guys on already, uh, like yourself, um, uh, Damar Johnson we've had on, Lenny Stokes, plenty of guys, and certainly uh, love hearing their takes on, on the what's going on uh, with, with this version of the Bearcats. Last question here for you, Terry. Uh, the first four Big 12 games – this season, the first four at BYU, mm-hmm. number eight versus number 18, Texas at number 20, Baylor and versus TCU. The football Bearcats are 0 and 4 and Vegas thinks we'll go 0 and 5 this weekend. Will the basketball Bearcats win a big 12 game in less time than it takes the football Bearcats? Yeah, we'll get more shots at it. <laughs> so. So, yeah, we'll get more shots at it. Um, but that's why you play the schedule that they play to start because once you learn how to win, it becomes contagious. And by that time, there's no place to play. I think the, the loudest we were at this year uh, at Fifth Third Arena was the NIT game. Oh, yeah. The first I, game. I was there had. for that. That was a great time. Yeah. So for, think about it. The people that you had in lower bowl were mm-hmm. those who normally sit at the top. Yeah, And so you had student sections pretty much all around the lower bowl. Mm-hmm. And so it was a fantastic atmosphere, even though it wasn't a sellout. It was the loudest it was on the season because of just the amount of sheer energy that's in that building. We're going to have our bite at, you know, some really a chance to get some uh, NCAA quality wins, some quad one wins. 
with with Texas and and you know going to Baylor. I mean, these are tough places to play, even with having Texas at home. But we're going to be ready, you know, especially if we can get our bigs here, and you know we're going to have the benefit of the crowd. We're going to have guys that are chomping at the bit to to get that national recognition and exposure. But these teams are ready. I mean, they've been Big Twelve tested, and the Big Twelve. I mean, every team is going to go home disappointed. Bob Huggins has had some great defensive teams at West Virginia, and they always keep it close, but they just never had the firepower to go out and win those games because they don't have the offensive firepower. Well, we got some offensive firepower. We just got to make sure that we get those guys to be able to score against Big 12 defense. You know, you might be some hand checking. It may be some bumping. They're not going to call a lot of fouls around the basket when you're trying to shoot thing. You know, so you're going to have to be able to score under duress. Then you're going to have to get back and identify who you're guarding, get into your passing lanes defensively, and then box out with aggression because they're not going to give you anything. In the Big 12, you take it. You don't get name recognition unless you're Kansas. <laughs> That's absolutely. And and we're, we're on the road there only one time against them, like you said. Um, it's a, a season I'm very excited for. Uh, definitely uh, you gave us a ton of stuff for, for fans to look out for uh, in, the, in the near future and, and throughout uh, the entire season. So uh, I certainly appreciate your time, Terry. Uh, love the insight as always. I, I know fans do as well. Uh, any Anything else uh, you want to throw out there, whether it be uh, social media or where people can find you or, or look you up? Um, I'm in the process of starting my own podcast here pretty soon. So Okay. Uh, but you can catch me on TNL33 on all platforms, whether it be TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Twitter or X. I don't even like saying X. Yeah, I don't, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's Twitter for me, man. Yeah, it's still Twitter. Yeah, so all the platforms, Facebook, you name it, uh, it's TNL33. Love it. I, I certainly appreciate your time, and uh, I might see you at a football game, basketball game, or whatever. Uh, until then, man, take it easy. Tell your wife I said hello and hope the house is treating you well. Well, she's already, she's got a list of things me to do uh, things for me to do after this. So I, I got to get up there and, and take care of it. So I'll definitely tell her you said hello. Yes, sir, brother. All right. All right. I'll see you. Me.